podcast, Lotus Eaters. I, I presume we're live. Um, are you also hearing fuzz in your ear? Yeah. Uh, I'm joined by Harry. Hello. Um, the, the no third we're... person today. They're all dead. <laughs> They're all dead, Dave. They're all dead. I mean, the reason we're being a bit weird is um, just to let Jack know the um, you talking into the mic just came through with white noise instead. So we could hear you counting down, but it was just white noise. White noise. <laughs> white noise instead of three, two, one. Maybe it's a very specific regional accent. <laughs> Computer. Maybe. I don't know. Zoomers these days. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about the new normal. Uh, what is the point in GB News now? And also Spooderman. Because I just, I just want to talk about we're, we're, we're looking for, I'm looking forward to the Spooderman one because I've seen some things going on with that game. You've sent me a few things, but you've also you've done some fishing and you've found some gold. Some so. rotten gold at some, the bottom of this disgusting Sony lake. Some, some fish made of solid gold. So I went mining for in the lake. Yes. Of news. Analogies are easy. This is, this is getting into brass eye territory. Let's carry on. <laughs> I went fishing in the lake of news and I've come back with facts. I just don't fancy him. Or fish. <laughs> you said brass eye, so I thought I'd reference a bit of brass eye. Okay. Anyway, we shall uh, begin, I suppose, because I don't have any announcements. Oh, oh, the date. It's uh, today. All right, moving on. So, the new normal. We now live under a new normal, as we were promised during COVID, you may remember. And, um, well, it's here now. And in case you know, know what I'm talking about, at least for the UK, this is the new normal, which is every weekend, um, mass amounts of Muslims turn up to the Islamic capital of the UK known as London and um, wave foreign flags and chant about killing Jews or uh, whatever else. It's kind of boring. I don't know about you. This is three re- weeks in a row now of, of mass Muslim protests about foreign conflict. This is exactly what I expected. I don't know how anybody... uh, thought that by importing all of these people into the West, you wouldn't get things like this, when one of the most defining aspects of the West over the past 20 years has been never-ending conflicts in the Middle East. It has indeed, but one thing I have noticed, and I don't know, I'm really asking for people to tell us in the comments, because the the feeling in Swindon, at least, has been looking at your phone, seeing London doing its London thing, and just going, London. Like, what else is there to do exactly? Not just London. I was in Manchester yesterday. Not on Saturday, though. I missed it. I was at the what, the former MEN Arena last night seeing Fallout Boy. No regrets. They were a great live act. And I was slightly terrified the whole time I was there, That that you know, given that back in 2017, what happened at the MEN, that one of my friends was actually at, that after all of the events that have been going down, and the fact there were gigantic Palestine protests in Manchester on Saturday, that you know, I was, let's just say, I was keeping my eye on convenient exits, but nothing happened, and it was just a really great gig. So thank goodness for that. But some friends of mine who live in Manchester were sending me videos going out onto Market Street of just the vast amount of Muslims out on the streets just chanting for ceasefires. And then while I was in Manchester yesterday, I was walking around the streets and right next to the Arndale Centre, I. I sent you my tweet that I did about it, but I don't know if you put it in here. It was just the sound of your average English city center now, which is Muslim warbling, like you're in the middle of Arabia. Yeah, I mean, if you're in Syria or Jordan or you know Egypt, this is normal and makes sense. When you're in London or Manchester, it's just what, what the, the hell is the state of us? But apparently this is all that really matters because to get a protest this big as well is actually quite an achievement. I will give it to the people taking part in this one. And uh, there were a series of well, Afghan flags. I saw some of these as well. It's like, okay. Were there any yep. terrorist flags this time? 
I know that they can be spotted from uh, from time to time. Well, this was over 100,000 people in London over the weekend. So uh, I didn't have that close an eye to this one. I mean, the previous ones we've seen, Al-Qaeda flags, Hamas flags, and Taliban flags. But that's not even unique to us. That's all over the West. And we'll, we'll get to those later. You can see this chap here who goes down and documents everything going on. But this tweet blew up, which is a Muslim MP deciding to come out and saying the British people, the British public, are calling for a ceasefire now. And the immediate response of everyone in Britain just being like, yeah, maybe maybe London, maybe the London public. I'm going to put that in big quotation. Yeah, this, the, this is the British yeah. public. Just not, not very um, excited to say that this is apparently now the British public. Because as you can see, there were people chanting, from London to Gaza, we'll have an intifada. This, this being the, the call for an uprising, a violent one that involves a lot of killing civilians, it seems. Mm. And um, yeah, okay, of course, London has something to do with that. Thank you, literal communists, as you can see here, with the hammers and sickles. God, average British things, just the new normal, just how we live now, every weekend. If you go to London, what are you going to find? This, apparently. Most of these people, I'm also just going to hazard a guess, probably in social housing. Yeah. You can see here, there was also a lot of um, Muslims calling for a general strike. Uh, the way they were planning on doing this is calling amongst the unions to organize this. The, the unions left in the UK. Muslim unions. Well, not Muslim unions, but the workers' unions. So you've got Unison or Unite or whatever else. These, these general unions that exist throughout the country. And of course, they're all the guys who run the Labour Party. So they're the ones turning up at these rallies as well with the hammers and sickles. So literally going to have the communist Islamic alliance realized. Makes to sense be, to me. I, I don't know about you. I'm kind of up for it. Yeah. Do you I mean, gen general strike? I don't care. I, I would love for every Muslim in the UK to go on strike for, for months and see just how much smoother everything operates. Just for years and years. And, and Do you remember back, I can't remember exactly where it was. but you know, they, what, what they should also do is they should strike from being in the country. What do you remember? They should go somewhere else and see how we like it. Oh no, how will we survive? But there was this uh, protest at American University, I forget which one, where every year what they would do is all of the black people who worked at the university they would go on strike for the day and just not go to the university. Isn't that what Brett Weinstein got cancelled over? Because he suggested, hey, maybe they shouldn't just be skipping university for a day because they're black. No, it was worse because, well, no one really cared. It was like, if you don't want to turn up to uni, no one cares, just generally. So if you don't on a race basis, again, no one cares. But then they argued that we're going to have another day in which, because this isn't working, in which white people are banned yeah, from the campus. Yeah, that's what Weinstein got cancelled over, wasn't it? Yeah, because he was fine with them just taking the day off. I, I, who gives a crap? <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. But you shouldn't be able to force other people to have to take the day off if they don't want to. Yeah, so if you want to take your day off at work, uh, go, I don't care. Is it over some foreign conflicts that I don't care about? How yeah, will I get my takeaway now? I mean, I did see the absolute queen response to all of this was this lady here on Question Time. When it comes to Israel and Palestine. Okay, that's Emma Thompson, who's normally one of the worst and most insufferable women alive. Um, is this from a sketch show or something? I don't know. Uh, maybe someone edited that together, but either way, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Just like, oh, foreign conflict. Again, neutral on the matter, because why would I not be? Why would I deeply care about Azerbaijan versus Armenia? Why would I deeply care about North versus South Sudan? Why would I deeply care about Gaza versus Israel? It's just not anything you to do with it. ever voted or signed up to be part of the global world police. So why should we have to care about it? I'm not American. <laughs> Doubly don't have to care. Yep. Literally just an American puppet state instead. 
But anyway, there's um, a whole bunch of stuff that happened after that that I just, I feel like we can't ignore. Even if this is going to be the new normal, we can't just be like, well, isn't this the case? It's like, no, this shouldn't be the case. And as you can see, Lawrence Fox, some of the people who still live in London, who uh, aren't part of the diversity, uh, turned up here because I, I think this is a Bodicea monument, I presume, just with the chariot there. And they decided to leave their flags and signs all over the chariot. Thanks, guys. Great. Do you think any of these people even know who Bodicea is? No. Do they ever care? No. Even if they became 100% of the population, would they ever, ever care? Would you want me to tell you what they care about? They care about coming over here, cashing their check, and then getting some takeaway in Nikes. Is that, is that the Dino Manifesto? <laughs> no, that's the, that's the Foreigner Manifesto. <laughs> or at least in this case, we can talk about it. We're, for people who don't know what we're talking about, the social housing numbers in London, 50% of all state housing is given to people who weren't born in this country. And then these are the same people going on this protest. So it's just like, okay, whatever. But moving on, you can also see here um, the Public Servants Union, as you can see here, have decided they stand with the campaign for Israel and Palestine. And oh, who cares? Who cares? Why, why do you have an opinion on this at all, Mr. Public Servants? But as you can see here, there's uh, people at these rallies and people saying, well, really, this is what you endorse? This is a guy saying that the guys who turned up and killed all those civilians were actually freedom fighters. Trust me, bro. Right. Right here. But it's not just the public servants. Apparently, the police forces are now in on it. This person here documents what they're saying is police officers pulling down those posters. Which posters? The posters of the kidnapped British kids. So oh. you may remember, everyone's noticed, there have been posters been put up in parts of the West, where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of uh, Jewish civilians who were kidnapped, and it's usually referencing the country they were from. So in America, they put up American citizens who were kidnapped, and here they've been putting up British citizens who were kidnapped. And now the police are the ones taking part in pulling them down in uniform. It, great. Cool. I, I guess, yeah, this is the new normal. This, this is how we live, which is now even the police engage in this stuff. Neat. There was also some other stuff, which I'm never not going to enjoy. Local man here, getting the, the shock treatment of his life. So this is a, a Jewish chap in London. London now, this is horrifying. horrifying. How are Jews meant to say in the UK? Yeah, truly, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing what mass immigration will do. Uh, the day before, the threat of the far right poses to Jews as real and violent. Yes, Jews have been the primary target of the far right. Okay, shut up. Like, just the far right don't exist in any real capacity in any Western country. Name one. And also, once again, it's just the fact that the concern is never it's okay to worry about replacement of the native race and the native peoples of European countries. If the English are being pushed out of their own territory, then that's absolutely fine. But the second that somewhere becomes unhospitable for Jews to live, oh, now we're allowed to care. Now we're allowed to worry about the displacement of peoples. Whereas most of us were worried about anywhere this happens. Yeah. Like even even take Kuwait. I'm kind of disappointed in Kuwait because the uh, changes there. They they obviously got filthy rich off the oil and decided to import a surf class of Indians. And uh, as a result, they're now like a massive minority of the country. But the way they solve that is by just never giving out citizenship. So the Kuwaits, these are the only ones with citizenship. But in the West, trust me, just as British or French as you or I. Well, I don't know. I if mean, we give them the right to vote. They won't just consistently vote for policies that promise to give them more money. But it's not even that. I mean, just how, how British is caring about foreign conflicts. It's not really, is it? You ask any people around here. I mean, we have island syndrome where we don't even care about Ukraine, never mind Gaza, never mind South Sudan. 
trying to think. Historically speaking, England has only really cared about foreign conflicts when it's directly affected our interests. Yeah. I mean, even during the empire years, there's a, Carl's talked about this endlessly, and there's documented examples of the mass of the British public basically just being like, I don't want it or care. Even though we were proud of having the world's largest empire, yeah, please. Still like, eh. as, as long as I get to run my corner shop, I'm happy. Yeah. Although this uh, local Jewish man wasn't the only one to get some uh, weird treatment over the weekend. There were these guys who turned up, uh, queer Jews for Palestine. I. We went over sheeps for wolves. Yeah, I mean, we... sheeps for wolves. Queers for Palestine is funny. Queer Jews for Palestine is just. Okay, there, there isn't even a, a philosophical, coherent way of getting here. Because, I mean, Stelius went through. There was the whole, like, oh, Israel is pinkwashing what it's doing. Therefore, you end up with queers for Palestine because it's gay people who don't like Israel. So they end up siding with Palestine, although they don't really know anything about it, obviously. But queer Jews for Palestine? There is an... A, 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 there's an... Before before this happened, this is reached. We've reached whole new territory when it comes to the identity stack. Various parts of the intersectional identities slamming into one another in support for causes that we hitherto didn't know before. It, it turns out this is a real thing. You can see them marching there and um, well, being accepted for all of five minutes because then there was the response, at least you could see online and in person, of um, well, Palestinians, which was I'm Palestinian. We don't want their support. <laughs> Go away. There you go. Uh, yeah. Not surprised. There was one guy this weekend who decided he'd uh, update the pride flag. You know, the one with a billion things in it. Well, now there's another thing to add, of course, which is the Palestinian flag. So here we are. This is a guy selling pins. Where you can buy the Rainbow Progress pride flag that now has a Palestinian flag running through it. I, I do love Memeology's point, which is the scorpion and the frog was a, uh, well, a tail. Not, not an instruction tale. manual. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was not something you should be doing instead. But, and, and you might think, okay, it's just some guy selling pens. Maybe he's having a laugh. Now, nah, this is real. You can see here. This is New York. I, I mean, I, I really wished it was an American comedian or something who was doing this for a laugh. But as you can see there, it's just some white woman. Because it always is, isn't it? Yeah, I think the absurdity of this is self-evident. And if it's not self-evident, then... What are you doing watching this? Yeah. I mean, I could see that even the Israeli account on Twitter took note. I was just like looking forward to seeing Hamas ring as the rainbow flag across Gaza. Thank you for your solidarity. I mean, to be fair, what, what are you meant to do if you're Israel and you're seeing this in the West? It's just like, huh. I mean, to be fair, if you're Palestinian, you're seeing this in the West. Maybe there's a moment for no more brother wars here between the both sides. We're all gay now. No, just Israel and Hamas being like, you know, no more brother wars. We're against whatever the hell that is. Because <laughs> that, that's just weird. Yeah, all, all of the Middle East can unite against the retarded West. Fantastic. I've brought peace. Anyway, it wasn't the only place. You can see um, well, there should be uh, another link in here. In fact, if you could load it up, please, Jack. In which uh, we also saw Rome decide to have a, a large protest. In which, um, well, same thing, except in the shadow of the Colosseum. I think it's the Rome link, the one right above this one. Yeah, the one says Rome. So... The, um, the weirdness about all these protests is obviously when you see Big Ben behind it and whatnot, but I found this one particularly striking, which you can see here. In the shadow of the Colosseum, you've just got people marching with all their Palestinian flags, because of course Italy has been massively affected by... Yes. I mean, we saw earlier this year, just a few weeks ago, uh, it was Lampedusa receiving 
million, well, not millions, thousands of African migrants all at the same time. Italy is a focal point for where these people will just go through. Italy isn't Italy anymore, as I've been told, which um, is really sad because I kind of wanted to visit the old Italy, but it's what it is. I might be going there next year, so I might be able to give an indication of what things are like on the ground, although I can be damn sure I will be trying to avoid all of this nonsense as much as possible. Last time I was in Italy was probably 2011, so things will have changed. Since. I don't know what to call it at this point. Should we just call it the event? Just do the full Michelin web thing? Something happened. Event. We yeah. don't talk about the event. Since the 2000s, the boomers allowed the whole country to just, well, not the whole country, the whole continent to be destroyed and change into something else because the event. Thanks, boomers. Anyway, but they're not the only place where this uh, happened. Um, Dagestan is where I'm going to move to next. You know what Dagestan is? I don't. Most people don't. Why would you? It's, uh... yeah, why would I have any need to know what Dagestan is? <laughs> well, it's one of the Muslim republics in the Russian Federation. So right near the south. You know, the southern part of Russia. That's the, the wild, wild west for them. Because that's where the Chechens are and all the uh, yes. ISIS insurgents. Well, it's also where Dagestan is. And Dagestan, being a Muslim majority, if not almost entirely, a republic inside Russia. Well, they're very Muslim. And as a result, uh, this happened over the weekend. You can see here, they decided to also engage in mass um, pro-Palestine protests. We, say, we this, swear. This is a pogrom. No, 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 no. We, we are just here to support Palestine's right. You rights. are showing me a pogrom. I, I am. Um, this is uh, a load of Dagestanis who decided that they would rush into the local airport because there was a rumor that a flight from Israel had landed and they were literally hunting for Jews in the airport. You can see is, here... Is this real? This is real. These are guys breaking into the security section of the airport, forcing the doors open. And then in this instance, they happen to run into a bunch of the airport security staff who are also Muslims. And I just look at them in confusion and we're like, no, no, we're not Jews. <laughs> this, this is not. This is a very confusing situation. Yeah. I mean, the staff here just being like, you're not meant to be here. Who the hell are you? And there's just hordes of men with Palestinian flags hunting for Jews because trust me, a flight from Israel is here. I mean, Chris making the point here. This really does feel like something out of Borat. And I don't often say that. I don't like to give Sasha Baron Cohen that much credit these days because he's, you know, a worthless hypocrite. But this really feels like satire. The airport Jew hunt um, is a real thing, it seems. I just love the whole point here by Chris, or it's just like, it's not anti-Semitism, it's just anti-Zionism. But we're literally hunting for Jews. Um, the, the, the story blew up, as you could see here. They made it all the way to the runway. There was uh, some footage on Russian Telegram I'm not going to show because it might get us in trouble in which they're at one of the gates and the staff at the, at the uh, security section of the airport are literally screaming at the guys breaking in to bugger off and, and they're obviously not. Um, Russians usually deal with such uh, events or protests quite sternly. They, they didn't in this instance, it seems. Um, although a lot of people have been arrested, so there's that. But you can see Victory Airlines here with a load of guys breaking in. And so, um, any... <laughs> This is them on their Jew hunt and uh, they're looking in this image in the engines for uh, Israelis, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they put themselves between the blades. I knew it. <laughs> this just, I mean, this is just deranged. It's this whole very event. strange. But it does remind me of a 4chan post I saw once where it was like, yeah, there are micro Jews <clears throat> in the electric system. <laughs> oh my God, the Jews are running in the wires. What's this here? <laughs> They're in the copper wiping, guys. Like, I know it's some green text piss take, but it, it just, like, it's the most anti Semitic but funny thing I've ever read. Where it's just like, this is so. This is beyond Borat. 
in which someone was arguing that, yes, the way electricity works is microjuice in the wires passing coins to each other. <laughs> That's the electrons. It's just like, all right. But I mean, when you're looking at a local man checking the blades in a jet engine for juice, <laughs> which one is more ridiculous? Maybe he was expecting to find them like the, the, the Jews actually were the blades the whole time. <laughs> They've been the ones propelling it all the time. The micro-Jews are actually a fundamental part of the economy across the entire world. Just There's the footage of someone checking. There we are. We found them, boys. <laughs> They're in oh the my machine. God. Footage I... taken just after 9-11. <laughs> but there's the thing. Like Any other day, or at least any other time period, the news would be there's been a pogrom in Russia, essentially, of, of Dagestan citizens looking for Jews in the aircraft's jet engines. And we would all be laughing and posting emojis in the real world in the 70s when we were watching TV. But no, we live in the modern era. Something happened in the 1990s. And because of that, we can now check in with an average British man's opinion on, on this local pogrom, which is, as you can see, uh, Dilly Hussein here. Oh, I've seen this gentleman. Yeah, deputy editor of Five Pillars UK, blogs for the Huffington Post, works for Al Jazeera English and Middle East Eye from, uh, I think this is, I uh, forget which British city he's from, actually. A person who, in any sane world, shouldn't be here. Yeah, he's from somewhere in the north, but trust me, just as British as I, and as he responds, this is the kind of welcome all Israelis should be receiving at airports in Muslim-majority countries. Ah, great. 3.5. Fantastic. So now across... Across England, we can hope to expect that if there is a rumor that a single Jew has been spotted anywhere, that we will get raving mobs of Muslims tracking them down and tearing the place apart to try and find them, if this man's wishes were met. But it's also, this isn't considered extreme. I mean, as you can see, this, this tweet isn't deleted. There's, there's, there's no action has been taken by the British police, which would arrest you or I for daring to say, maybe we should deport criminals, for Christ's sake. And, you know, massively blown up and is completely normal, apparently, in these spheres. Um, even the Huffington Post haven't done anything, in case you're wondering. They got tagged a whole bunch, which is like, well, you know, oh, average British man. Oh, that's just him. You don't know him. He's a real laugh riot when you see him in person. Quite the pogrom. Anyway, but you can see here, more scenes from Dagestan. Love my brothers. There we are. This is them, as you can see, breaking in and now attacking a police Is there a reason this is a screenshot? Did he delete this one? No, I took some screenshots just in case he's deleted it, thinking he but might. It, but it's still up. No, he, he's, he's quite proud of it. So there we are, average British man. But just to end this off with a, a little interaction with uh, the colonies as well, you can see here, uh, black Hebrew Israelites and pro-Palestinian people have been fighting each other in Chicago. I'm reminded of that phrase, there's trouble in the gypsy village, which is a Greek phrase, which means who gives a shit? Yep. <laughs> I must be honest. <laughs> it's like... Yep. Palestinians and back Hebrew Israelites are killing you. Oh, I don't care. Chicago. I'm just <laughs> imagining the black Hebrew Israelites. They're just like, we're the real Jews. They're after us. Sincerely, they're both like, yeah, we're the real tribes of Israel, boys. And then some white police officer there is just like, God, why am I here? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. They, they, they look like they're literally just screaming Daz right. But at least the black Hebrew Israelites are Native Americans. They are native to the United States. I suppose America is the only place where something as absurd as black Hebrew Israelites would pop up. Yeah. But we'll end this off with just the, the average interaction we now have living in, in Europe. And apparently America has joined Europe in having the same problems, which is we have a lovely lady here who decided to give us a trade offer. And her trade offer is that she hates us and will make your country into a shithole. You can't stop me and you'll get what you deserve. In return, she gets a passport. <laughs> Seems like a fair deal. Well, 
on this, I think you've missed something that's uh, rather important from this whole thing, which is Mr. Dilly Hussein. I don't know if you saw this, had a minor interaction with one Douglas Murray. I did hear. I didn't see, actually. Yeah, uh, Tunley actually memed it. So if I go onto his page, we'll be able to find it so that I can prove that I'm not making this up. Scroll down for a moment. Here we go. So Douglas, I presume, was like... Douglas okay. uh, sees this post from this man. This is what all Israelis should be uh, receiving. What is this man doing in our country? He responds, multiplying. Right. Fantastic. And, and he is. That is the reaction. I want to see what Baroness Varsi had to say, because she is just awful. She was just there. Oh, we loved her now. There she is. Both of you, two sides of the same coin. Oh, fuck off. I'm sorry. I'm so bored of this. Yeah. For people who don't know. What she... we need to do is we need to find the moderate center and we need to get rid of this divisive dialogue going on between the extremes of both sides. Can we have an England? You should become an Islamic Republic. Well, can't we just find a compromise? But there is no compromise. What are you talking yeah. about? This, like, I love here. She used to be the chairman of the Conservative Party. It gives you an insight. The absolute mad human beings that run the Conservative Party are just unable. Run the country. Unable to even comprehend when they're in a battle. And as you can see, she's like, oh, we'd both be better off in the UK if you both pushed off something. I don't know. Her, 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 her name suggests to me that she may comprehend that we're in a battle, but that she doesn't want to make her side that explicit. That's just some speculation on my part. Well, either way, she's uh, won the battle for London. Enjoy. Enjoy living there. Oh, you probably don't, do you? Because you probably, for some reason, don't like it. You're probably one of those rich people that moves out to the countryside with the rest of us. And um, great. Thank God and for all those new houses we're building so that you have somewhere to escape to. I love the new normal. What can I say? As with that, we'll uh, move on. We'll move on to, um... to GB News. I was about to say something better, but uh, yeah. Uh, were you afraid of what might happen? No, I'm just disappointed with GB News. But yep. Take it away. GB News. What is the point of you anymore? You started as a supposedly free speech platform to provide voices for more dissident thinkers. And now, just, just so that we can put the spoilers straight out there, Boris, the most dissident thinker who's ever existed, pushing for a, literally a more global Britain. That's what he said. I'll play this clip in a moment to confirm it for everybody. But GB News is now just a place where Tory MPs and ministers can vent their spleen for a bit. Well, and pretend to be right-wing. And Yeah, and pretend to be right-wing. We're right-wing because we're on GB News, and the only reason that we'd be on GB News is because GB News is right-wing. Why is it right-wing? Because we're on GB News. This is, insane. this is the logic. This is the circular logic that we're going around. We're totally right-wing, guys. Bro, trust me. Now give all of your money to your taxes so that we can fund forever wars in the Middle East is what I'm expecting Boris Johnson's entire show will be about. So before I get into that, on the subject of debate and conversation, we host some on the platform, on the website, and a, a recent one was part two of the debate on liberalism, which was Carl and Connor versus Josh and Stelios. This was part two. I've watched part one. Not watched part two yet, although I've heard that this one was slightly less contentious and people were able to get their points across in a better way because our debates, very high brow, very high level. And so not everybody um, is always able to get all the points that they're going for. But it's been quite popular so far. And uh, you should watch this one and you can get it on the website for £5 a month. At least you can pay a bit more if you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not going to specify, but you can. I'd love the idea if every product did that in your life. It's like, a can of Coke, now one pound. Two pound if you want. <laughs> Three if you're feeling real generous. Yeah, but then who wants to support Coca-Cola Corporation? Uh, when you could be supporting us instead. And uh, yeah, GB News has been a massive S show recently. Uh, there was the big controversy with Lawrence Fox, where he got fired because he said that he wouldn't want to have sex with a particular woman, which is always the most offensive thing that you can say to a woman. And then Dan Wooten was suspended because he was there and kind of sniggered along while that whole interaction was going so down. Have sex with her? He also, yeah, he also definitely wouldn't have sex with her. Just to confirm, you wouldn't have sex with her either. No, I mean either. I'm engaged, so yeah. I think it would be. Very bad of me to say that I would actually. Well, then you just you, just to make sure we can never work on TV again, ever. There you go. Well, there's my career down the toilet. I guess I'll get my P45 <laughs> at the end of the week. It's oh. been nice speaking to everybody. <laughs> Calvin Robinson, who is friends with Lawrence Fox, also wouldn't sleep with her. Also wouldn't sleep with her, and also <laughs> how to tell if you're on the distant right? Yeah. Would you sleep with this random woman? <laughs> uh, no, congratulations. Well, you're That's why there's so many gays on the on the distant right. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it all. Uh, Cal Calvin, being friends with Lawrence, decided that he would stick up for his mate and therefore also got kicked off of GB News. So uh, GB News proved in that whole interaction, Calvin spoke about the whole thing on our show recently when he appeared on it, and uh, they just proved that they're just containment, realistically speaking, that if you do actually go outside of the realms of acceptable dialogue, they'll just fire you at a moment's notice. And the whole thing looked like it just imploded at a moment's notice as well, because they suspend Lawrence Fox and then Lawrence starts tweeting um, private DMs between people. And the whole thing just looked like a massive S show because everybody started to basically stab each other in the back all at the same time. Well, I think it was a, for him about truth. And that's what's been confusing about all of this. Is it really true that you fired all these people because they said the holy sin of I won't have sex with this woman? Or is it because you actually want to remove anyone who has something interesting to say. Is it because you wanted, you already wanted to get rid of these people and this was just a convenient moment? Because if it's off-com, it's off-com. Fair enough. Like, you've got to deal with the world you're living in. It's, it sucks, but whatever. You're a TV outlet. I can at least respect they, them as a company if it was off-com. But if it's not and it's a lie and instead you just don't like these people because they're not wet Tories, well, then I have no respect because that's, that's just embarrassing. And also goes against you what you say publicly. Uh, well, at least it freed up a slot for wet Tories. Uh, Boris Johnson, in particular, being the wettest Tory, because let's not let us forget that Boris Johnson was the man who put us all in lockdown for over a year. He spiked immigration. To he spiked immigration after promising that he would use Brexit to get Brexit done, which everybody kind of assumed meant lower immigration. I guess more was a campaign us. promise. Yeah, it was a campaign promise. More fools, I suppose, for believing you when you promise to do things that you say that you'll do. But I guess we're just kind of naive like that. But let's listen to what Boris says here, because it really is quite Johnson here. horrifying. Hi, folks. Boris Johnson here. I'm excited to say that I'm shortly going to be joining you on GB News. And I'm going to be giving this remarkable new TV channel my unvarnished views on everything from Russia, China, the war in Ukraine, how we meet all those challenges to the huge opportunities that lie ahead for us. Why I think our best days are yet to come and why on the whole, the people of the world want to see more global Britain, not less. So join me on GB News 
for some great British television. If you're wondering why he looks so haggard, it's because evil sits heavy on a man's soul. But also, did you hear that bit at the end there? Where he said, why Britain, why the world wants a more global Britain and not less. Yeah, because that, that doesn't mean what we think it means. We yeah. think, well, if you were to take the steel man position of that, it's, well, more international trade, being able to have influence all over the world, which sounds like a good being thing. Being a more powerful entity on the global stage so that we're yeah. able to exert our own influence and set our own terms for how we interact with the rest of the countries of the world. And that's what everyone thought he meant when he got into power. And then when he did, he turned it into... No, he just meant a more globalist yeah. Britain. That's all he meant was just more compliance with the, inter- the international community, more compliance the global with... global elite is what that means. What? Sorry? Well, that's all that actually means ever, isn't it? Yeah, the, what, is, what is the global international elite. community? The global elite deciding a country's fate instead of its own populace. The sorts of people that all show up at the World Economic Forum gatherings every single year, everything that they agree with, more net zero, more migration, more taxes. That's what it meant. That's what it meant. More wars as well. That's always a fun one that we get into, is that we always get more wars. And The Guardian were complaining about this, but to be fair, you know, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't want Boris Johnson either. Uh, his salary hasn't been disclosed. There's some interesting information here. But he's likely to receive a yeah. six-figure sum. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's also on the channel and also completely useless, is paid £350,000 a year. And the Tory deputy chair, Lee Anderson, gets £100,000 a year from the channel. So this really is just a place where Tory ministers and MPs can show up and get paid to talk about things and pretend they're right wing, as you said. But Johnson already earns a high six-figure sum as a columnist for the Daily Mail and has made millions of pounds on the speaking circuit since he was ousted from number 10 more than a year ago. So it's nice to know that after completely and totally betraying your country, you can get some lucrative deals to do some cheap columns and cheap speeches immediately after. I mean, how much effort do you think he actually puts into any of that? None. I, I'm sorry, but he really is an actually massively dishonorable individual to betray the electorate in every possible metric that he promised and then to turn around and make millions and, and, and just act like nothing happened. I mean, he should really I, just be exiled from political... I do understand that he's very popular and people see him as being very charismatic, but I really don't think that anybody should show any sympathy to Boris Johnson. People shouldn't allow themselves to be taken in by the thin, surface-level veneer of charm that he has. Oh, he's a bit bumbling. He's a bit balmy. He's a balmy, bumbling British Prime Minister. I don't care. That's not what we need. He betrayed you. He betrayed you. He betrayed the country. He made everything worse. He bowed down to international pressure or just went along with it because it's what he was going to do anyway to lock the whole country down. And the best part is this isn't even like the Tony Blair years where everyone has to sort of speculate on conversations. Boris's WhatsApps were leaked, you may remember, en masse. You can go through and read the conversations. And the rumor about his girlfriend running the country effectively is what everyone keeps talking about in the WhatsApp chats. Where It's like, yeah, Carrie's basically running things. Even Dominic Cummings keeps saying it. He even says in those WhatsApp chats, you've just reminded me some of the ones where he said that, yeah, it seems to me as though the statistics are pointing that this is only really a deadly disease for those who are a lot older or already have comorbidities, which is what everybody was already saying who had even taken the slightest look into the data. And then he went along with lockdowns anyway. So literally not even slightly using strength. And then at the same time, I know that leftists like to harp on this, but it is a reasonable point to, uh, to harp on, which was that in the meantime, while he was forcing all of us to have to lock down be away from our families and put our kids into uh, uh, uncomfortable positions. 
he was there having parties. All of the ministers underneath him were flaunting their own rules. Matt Hancock was conducting an active affair at the same time. But sincerely, like everyone in that group, but specifically him, it's just no leadership, nothing good came of it. In fact, a lot of bad came of it. And what? what's the net effect? They've got rich. I don't really know why anyone thinks he's a good leader. I don't know why anyone would find him something to support. I think people see him as charming and they think that he's got, as I mentioned, a surface level charisma to him. But reasonably, that doesn't make up for all of the major shortfalls of him. People were speculating that he might return to the Tory party and if he returned to the Tory party as a potential leader, that they would be able to win some seats back. No, don't vote for them. I know Carl wants us to join the Tory party so that we can start to exert some influence. I, I don't want to be part of containment. I don't want to give money to the people who I see as the greatest traitors of this country next to Tony Blair. Because reasonably, they just took Tony Blair's policies and ran with them and made them even worse than Blair did when it was still him in charge. So I see them both as two sides of the same coin. I don't want to give money to any part of that disgusting and, and, and corrupt system. That's just my little piece on that. But I thought, oh, what's Boris actually been talking about in this Daily Mail column that he does? Well, he's just talking about that um, we should just keep throwing money at Israel. Forever wars. Joe Biden said that we need to partake in forever wars. So we just need to keep throwing money at Israel infinitely so that they can have money to have forever wars that we might get dragged into. So to be honest, I expect this is just current thingism. Yeah, no. It, it, whatever I need to say to gain more support amongst the pathetic right. Yes, I worked on a kibbutz, so forever wars. I worked on a kibbutz, so sacrifice your children's futures for Israel. Also, occasionally I'll say something obviously commonsensical. Ah, Rishi's smoking ban is balmy. Oh, we can't cut off the northern leg of HS2. And normies will look at this and go, oh, thank God, we've got a sensible voice finally representing the worries of the normal people. But you can see what he's doing, which he's just looking at whatever's in the headlines and then being like, Boris Johnson says X. Yeah. That's all that is. There's a lot of criticism. And when, when, he, when he says that he's going to give his unvarnished opinion to GB News, this is what you can expect. You can expect just current thingism, as you mentioned, and then it's going to be towing the establishment line. Apart from if it's just something that's obviously stupid, like cutting off the northern part of HS2 or the stupid smoking ban that Rishi's trying to do. Unless it's just obviously stupid on the face of it, he will toe the establishment line every step of the way, as he's proven himself to do. Constantly. Every penny, my friend. Yep. Oh, millions of pounds down the drain. Thank you, Boris. Thank you very much. And thank you, GB News, for doing this, uh, because I think we've got our sights on the next high-profile firing of GB News, because I think we can all be pretty certain that it's probably oh, going to be Neil just Oliver, because... His most recent monologue that I've seen people talking about is just ripping into Boris Johnson, who's just about to join the network. Should we listen to a bit of it? I need, sure. I need to pause it at a brief moment because he starts to make some <clears throat> spurious claims about safe and effective vaccines. But up until that point, then we can uh, hear what he has to say. Say again that dreadful things keep happening because dreadful people are in charge and suffer no consequences. I also say those dreadful people are invariably cowards, which partly explains why they do those dreadful things, or at least stand by while dreadful events unfold. Cowards are easy to spot, 
Just as dreadful people are easy to spot, just as weak people are easy to spot, for they'll sacrifice actively or passively anyone and everyone they perceive as a threat to their position and burgeoning wealth. And so French Macron, Canadian Trudeau and Kiwi Ardern and more besides keep stepping backwards while simultaneously nudging their populations forwards into harm's way. Another British former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, locked down the country in lockstep with all the rest, leading to death and economic destruction on an unmeasured scale and pushing... And that's where I have to end that particular monologue for YouTube's terms and services. But you can tell he's a bit pissed off. Yeah. You can tell he's a little bit annoyed, probably that the channel that he's on is about to hire this man and give him a ridiculously high salary. I'm trying to think who's even left that I've watched on GB News. I mean, there's, there's Nick Dixon, just headliners, of course. I think Farage still has a show on there. They're, they're like the two interesting... Uh, well, you've got Leo as well on headliners, so they've got that show. Yeah, you've got them too. Neil Oliver does his weekly. Andrew Doyle. But then he's kind of working with Nick and whatnot anyway. So. so there's like a small gang of people who are entertaining to watch. Neil, who does a one, once a week monologue. And Nigel. But I'm more thinking who's going to get cut next. Because, of course, like, it's not going to stop here. No, of course not. Well, Neil, if he's going to push this kind of talk, will probably go. And then. Because he's starting beef with a guy who is literally the former prime minister. Is it just going to get worse and worse? Because, I mean, this is, I forget who Laura is. I think it's Robert Conquest or whatever. Like a place that isn't explicitly right wing or drift leftwards over time. Like has GB News become a place now that's safe for Tories? And then within 10 years, it won't even be safe for Tories. It's just going to become Sky News. Well, it'll yeah, it'll depend on who's running behind the scenes. And on that note, let's look into that. Because one of the things that I noticed over the weekend was that there was a big hit piece on Calvin from the Times. Ah, truly the man who has destroyed Britain. This, this is the man responsible. The, you see this face? This is the face of your destruction, Britain. Ooh, look at him. No, he's just a nice guy. We've had him in a few times. He's a nice guy. Strangely, like, He actually has a positive vision for the country yeah. and is trying to implement it. This is, this is from the Times, who are nominally a conservative paper, as far as I'm aware. Obviously, moderate center-right. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, Kelvin, but I think when he was on the show, he mentioned the guy who's buying the Times also owns GB News. That makes sense. So he's paid for his own hit piece of the guy that's just been fired from his network. Yeah. Fantastic. Also, this was written by James Marriott, who I looked into because I thought I recognized that name. He's a former YouTuber who used to do React videos to like Trisha Paytas. Why is he writing this? Garbage. Hit I want his opinion on politics. <laughs> why am I? Why am I? Why are you writing a garbage hit piece for the Times? For God's sake! But most of it is just really petty and says far more about James, the writer, than it does Calvin, where he's just a Robinson himself, a 37-year-old clergyman from a mixed-race background in Mansfield, was the reactionary right's most re uh, recognizable and incendiary new star. Also, it's weirdest. Just petty. Petty. Fornication is a sin, he instructed his viewers during a typical episode. Sex outside marriage is a sin. Sodomy is a sin. And so are other homosexual activities. Robinson, who used to describe himself as a small C conservative, is drifting, or perhaps paddling, towards more conspiratorial politics. He is toying... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's conspiratorial to say the Bible says this. Yes, to be a Christian is conspiratorial. But no, it's more to the fact that he's toying with... COVID-related Great Reset conspiracy theories, which you can find on 
many reputable WEF-related websites of them saying, here's our great reset plan. Here's the book. Here's the, here's the book I wrote about it. Conspiracy and voice skepticism about vaccines. Most notoriously, he is the author of a viral essay on race relations titled Why Enoch Was Right. Can you believe that he's an actual conservative? Yes. Can you believe that he said these things? There's no argument yes. made here. The, the, the argument that's being made here is, look at this. Look at this. Feel bad. It's one of those actual conservatives. Ah, ah. I'm scared. <laughs> yes. Robinson. I mean, there's, here's, here's just an excerpt of a line that's in here. Robinson, who is more charming than his pompous television persona would suggest. What's the point in a line like that? Other than to just be a dick. He's not as much of a twat as I expected him to be, is what that sentence really says. What's the point of writing that? But it does actually contain some useful info and some of the stuff that Calvin was talking about when he was on our show, which is he explains he'd long expected to be fired from GB News. The channel had a horrible, toxic vibe and was riven by an internal civil war between a handful of hardcore right-wing presenters intent on put, but like normal conservatives, I would imagine. Yeah, when he says hard-right presenters. He just called Calvin alt-right a hard-right. Like, yeah, come on. He does actually call him alt-right a number of times and suggest that he is just a frothing-at-the-mouth racist who's clever enough to not admit it because he thinks that Elon... Not, not Elon. <laughs> Enoch Powell, in the obviously right things that he said in the Rivers of Blood speech, was obviously right and was actually underestimating the problem. Well, I mean, that is what the ONS says. Well, true. Uh, he's intent on pushing the boundaries of what it was possible to get away with saying uh, on, uh, on a ter ter terrestrial television station and their normie opponents were only there because it was a job. When he talks about gay marriage or extramarital sex, the channel's floor managers and producers would reprimand him, telling him, you can't say that, you can't talk about sin. Which is what we know, that GB News, behind the scenes, is run by a load of normie people, probably leftists, who would have been typically well, employed by Sky News or BBC or University News. students, as he yeah, said post-university students who would have been employed by any of these other leftist publications, but just because they had to, ended up on GB News, which they'll be using as a stepping stone to get into higher positions at stations like the BBC and others, because it's just a put thing, something for them to put on their CV. It's what it is. They don't actually care about the politics. And if they do care about the politics, they see it very negatively. They don't want to associate with somebody like Calvin Robinson. They don't want to be friends with him. They don't want to know him. They don't want to talk to him. They don't want to be near him because they're afraid that if they are near him, they'll get infected with the conservative ick. Ooh, you might be infected and become a conservative. Ooh, watch out now. But uh, I, I wanted to, this doesn't actually have anything to do with anything I've been talking about now. I wanted to end this segment on a positive note, give everybody some good news, because GB News, throw that aside, flush it down the toilet. Here's some good news. The Harry Show is here to stay. <laughs> Here's some good news, everybody, which is Sweden. Have you heard of Sweden? Yeah, Svetska. Yes, Sweden's decided that they're going to kick out a load of the migrants that are net economic detriments to them. What are? Net economic drains? Sorry, goodbye. Sweden's planning on deporting any migrant who earns under two grand per month, estimated at around 30% of immigrants, with plans to increase it to £2,700 per month, citing that recent immigration has caused a totally parallel society. And this isn't just a joke either. This isn't just something that they're saying. This is a pay, uh, This is a, a, a piece of legislation that they already put through last November that's coming into effect on Wednesday. On the, the 1st of November. I, there is a God. I am a Christian now. Told you. 
I wanted to end on some good news because good things occasionally do happen. I'm hoping that this doesn't turn into an old switcheroo and we get another Maloney, but this is actual legislation that has been put through where they say everyone who applies for work maintenance work permits after the 1st of November must have a salary that amounts to at least 80% of the current median sal- salary of some that is currently 27,360 Swedish dollar dues. Krona. Krona. Yes. Um, and the median salary is published by the statistics body on 30th of November 2022. The parliament approved the bill, which uh, also applies to people who already have work permits, but those work permits, when they come up for renewal, this will apply to them. So if they've already been living in the country, yep. they've got their per- permit. Sorry, you don't earn enough. Goodbye. We only want high-skilled professional immigrants. That's how you implement it. That's brilliant. Yes. It's a good stepping stone. And info migrants talked about this on their website, saying it's a result of Sweden's coalition government that was voted into power last year, which is the coalition between the center-right party and the explicitly anti-immigrant Swedish Democrat party. Uh, set to introduce reforms, there's stuff on top of that, requiring immigrants from countries outside the European Union to do such simple things. This is a radical move, right? Do you know what they've got to do? Learn Swedish. Nay. Can you believe it? They're going to make it harder for non-European migrants to claim benefits by making them learn the language of the country they're moving to. I can't believe they do this. I know. It's really disgusting. Easy. And also, they have to compete for jobs in the country's labor market. So you have to know the language and compete for jobs. Remarkable. Swedish center-right Prime Minister Ulf Christensen minority government came to power just over a year ago with the support of the anti-immigration and populist Swedish Democrats led by Jimmy Ackerson. Since last sem- September, has introduced a number of reforms aimed at reducing the number of migrants coming irregularly in Sweden and expelling rejected asylum seekers. The changes include proposals to tighten the conditions for citizenship using DNA analysis to identify migrant individuals, which is quite remarkable, limiting grants of residence permits based on humanitarian grounds, imposing stricter conditions on family reunion visas. So you can't just come into our country and say, well, I've got family, so let them in too. Seems pretty simple. And removing the possibility to apply for a work visa following rejection of an asylum application. Brilliant. Among the government's proposed reforms is a move to introduce a ceiling on benefits for non-EU migrants so they cannot receive multiple allowances at the same time, such as for children, housing, unemployment, sickness, and parental leave, In addition, migrants will have to wait longer in future before qualifying for benefits. These are all fantastic first steps. And if they go along with the legislation that's going to come into power uh, place on Wednesday as well, this will all be fantastic incentive for migrants not to move to Sweden and go elsewhere. Hopefully not to England, but if Sweden, which was formerly probably the most liberal and accepting, they talk about in this article how... Well, the most insane. They were never accepting. Yeah, they, they, they were the most insane. They just took in anybody and everybody who showed up. If Sweden is doing this and they actually go ahead with it, if they actually enforce this and these proposed reforms actually become reality and we don't just get a switcheroo Maloney, which is always a threat. Sad to bring those back to reality for a moment. That's always a threat that they'll just say it and don't end up doing it. But if they do end up doing it, it could set the pace for the rest of Europe, given that Sweden is the place that people look to as even America looks over at Sweden as the kind of Sweden, Norway, Denmark as the ideal liberal democracies to take it, to take inspiration from. So, who knows? Hopefully, that works for Sweden, and hopefully, other countries in Europe can learn a lesson or two from it as well. 
So I know that had nothing to do with GB News, but I thought it was good news. I couldn't really fit in anywhere else. So there you go. Classic. Fantastic. I'm really excited about that. I really want to go to Sweden now just to be like, hey, good job, boys. Just so you can wave the migrants off <laughs> as they go over the border. Goodbye. Yeah, I suppose so. I'm just going to pause that there. This is a classic game. I played a lot of this as a child. And the sequel, Enter Electro, which I think is underrated, but I've not played since I was five. So We're talking about Spooderman today. Uh, this being Spider-Man 2, of course. Now, last Spider-Man game I played was this one here, as you can see. As good as any? I, I this is a kiddo. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I loved playing Spooderman. It was good fun. And um, yeah, it's about where my Spooderman adventures ended. And so you didn't even get to the PlayStation 2 games, like the movie games, including Spider-Man 2, which is probably everybody's most well-known Spider-Man game. No, I never really cared for it that much. Spider-Man is not my genre. And the reason we're talking about Spider-Man 2 today, even though it's not my genre, is um, not to sit here and be like, hey, I don't like the game. You shouldn't play the game. If you like the game, go ahead. It's out. Apparently, it's gone like 9 out of 10 on Metacritic for most people. Meh, I don't care. Mean much for me. I'm, I don't play the video game. I'm not going to engage in the story all that much. And uh, in any other circumstance, in any other time, I wouldn't even know the damn you thing. You don't want to participate in Deaf Girl Graffiti Simulator? Well, that's the point. Is any other time, I wouldn't know anything. But I keep getting screenshots that look insane. <laughs> and people being like, have you seen the new Spider-Man game? Pretty good, but what, what the hell is this? on the side, and I thought we'd just go through it because it is rather funny, and you obviously alluded to it previously when we spoke on it before it came out, and now it's properly out. Yeah, I spoke about how it's just, escapism has just been turned into another avenue for propaganda, and not just, not just subtle propaganda where it gently nudges you into specific modes of thinking, the most blatant hammer-in-the-face propaganda you've ever experienced. So, we, uh, we'll go forward, I suppose. So, if we get to this, and then we move to the next one, you can see here, the South Park episode that recently came out, can't play it because of copyright, but it's Cartman talking about how uh, all of the Disney movies have now become increasingly woke and insane. They keep insisting that a more diverse woman be put in, and trust me, that'll make it better, and it never I've, does. I've seen this clip as well. I will say, I have... Kathleen Kennedy. I have some reservations about the clip, just because in the past, Cartman has been used as the mouthpiece for the insane thoughts, because obviously he's the anti-Semite who accuses everyone of being Jew, Jewish, always calls uh, Kyle a Jew. Or has the world just got that insane that Cartman is now the voice of reason in the show? Because I've not watched it for a while. About season eight onwards, he started having episodes where he was the reasonable guy, unproven so. I'm mainly, mainly thinking of that episode where he goes to the water park and is surrounded by minorities. A whole other conversation. About it. But you can see here, of course, is a Kathleen Kennedy, some lady who's apparently ruining Disney. And I don't know the internal politics, but whatever. She was the, the producer uh, of the Disney trilogy when they bought the rights for it. She was previously... For Star Wars, you're talking about. Yeah, for Star Wars. She was previously an executive producer for Indiana Jones films and close with Steven Spielberg, but as soon as she gets the reign of it, it goes very woke. Ins insisting on more queer women of color, because trust me. And it failed. And then there's the Spider-Man stuff. Also, and this will be relevant, She starts to you start to notice that all of the Star Wars films, the new ones, have Kathleen Kennedy's self-insert characters in them. I didn't know that, but... There we are. We all get back to that. Because as you can see here, these are the screenshots I'm talking about. Like someone would send me just be like, see the new Spider-Man game? Yeah, this is a thing in it. Why? People listening, it's a massive mural with Black Lives Matter written on it with a bunch of uh, black people with the communist fists raised. Yep. And then some kid in a wheelchair at the bottom there. So whatever. And people being like, yeah. Disabled communists unite. We have nothing to break but our wheels. <laughs> this, this, this video game is filled with Latinx nonsense. Uh, obviously referring to the... Uh, 
like Latino or Latino English to be turned into Latinx for some goddamn reason. I've never really figured out. And it's not just this one screenshot in one place. There's also Flagland. I want to go to Flagland? Every they're gonna there's gonna I guarantee in the next week there will be an update to the game which adds the new gay Palestine flag in. <laughs> for people listening, we're looking at a rainbow flag and on the side of it there's a series of increasingly obscure weird flags I don't even recognize. I mean that's the the progress pride one, right? That includes yeah. black people, brown people, trans people, and gay people. Now I can't remember because I've tried to purge it from my mind, but I know there is a map pride flag. Can anybody with a better memory than myself tell me is that in this? Because I wouldn't be shocked. Because there's this one. Don't know what that is. I, that might this be one. Bisexual or something. I don't know. One of these is, I think that's lesbians. That one there. Why do they need flags? That one's trans. That one's feminism, I are think. They all, are they all claiming separatism? Is that <laughs> what this is? These are the nations, the, the gay nations out there. Yeah. Because I know there's a flag for something, I forget what it's called, but there's a new sexuality, new sexuality that they termed, which was just, I'm sexually attracted to being in long-term monogamous relationships. They had to come up with a term for merge. What, yeah, for, for what was normal for thousands of years in Western society. They've got a merge fetish. Do you know? Oh, no, they also, they also have something for, not marriage fetish, but they have the, oh, I turned, uh, girls going, I turned 25 and now I have a breeding kink. That's called your biological clock kicking in. For some reason. You just want a baby. It's not the, uh, you know, okay, fair enough. If you wanted to accurately represent some parts of the United States, this might actually be true. I'm not sure, but, but there we are. Uh, but it goes on, because as you can see here, there was some news outlets that were like, if Spider-Man 2's inclusivity language bothers you, find another hobby. Video games are not for you. Huh. Well, I suppose this one isn't, is it? Because nope. I can see that. I can, I can see, apparently, this is a, a genre of art that no longer is for us. Can I just say as well that this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Nobody owns a PlayStation 5 that I'm aware of because they were very difficult to get hold of when they first came out. And now they are out. They have about four games on it. Now they've added a fifth game, which is this one. Do you want to buy a PlayStation 5 so you can play this game? No, I don't. I'm keeping my PC. On a side note, we went to the dealership the other day with your PlayStation 3, and it's still stuck in my head since we had that conversation that I'm never going to buy a PlayStation until they stop charging to play video games online. It's yeah. just bollocks. Xbox so. Live started that, and then PlayStation 3 was fine. The online on PlayStation 3 was free, and then with PlayStation 4, they decided, no, you've got to have a, a paid subscription to be able to play online. They fell to Microsoft's level, and... Stop doing that. It's and that's bad. the best thing for me about having a PlayStation 3 is that if I got the PlayStation Plus, I didn't have to pay a subscription for it. But there's the question. I mean, if video games are no longer for people who play video games, they're for someone else. They're for people who don't buy video games. They're for ideological freaks instead. All right. They're for the women who've manned the HR departments that create the video games now. No, but I mean, they're, they're like, you go to Democrat conference and watch the footage. If the video game's apparently for those people instead of people who like video games, those whatever. Those people don't have money, though. Well, we'll go and check out. I mean, what, what is this situation? Because it's hard to tell what's really fake, to be honest, because I saw this screenshot from V, which is a poster that just says, get into the black, and then Blackman Brothers or whatever, some advertisement in the game, and someone being like, very subtle. I can't tell if that's fake or not, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's fake, because it's 4chan. Comments, let us know. Yeah, let, <laughs> let us know if this is a real screenshot, but that 
Because I would have said too on the nose. I could have said I would have said that's fake, but that's not. No, I I would believe <laughs> that because the first Spider-Man game for PlayStation Four had um had the flags added in in a patch. All right. So so that that's fine. But this this seems. So who is the game for? Because uh, I mean, is that, that that again not not really fetishists? Uh, my, my wheelhouse. Um, Gay my, fetishists. Well, it's for this lady. It seems the, the yeah. one only. Uh, so this is V posting here, Insomniac writer and Mary Jane, the hottest female character in comic book and video game history. She is in the comic books. Mary Jane is supposed to be a supermodel. Well, here's Mary Jane normally, as you could see in the previous game. Yep. And here is her now. Um, and coincidentally, the writer looks like this, and Mary Jane looks like this. Pure coincidence, I am sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be clear and be accurate here. She's not. She wasn't like a full-time writer. She was a writing intern for a period of a few months in 2021, and people have been using this to say, "See, so it has nothing to do with it." It's still but a hell of a coincidence. Person? It's still a hell of a coincidence, though. Clearly, I, someone I was, had a, a crush. I don't know how, but they did. Sony have been notorious recently for uglifying their women, even women in their games, like in Horizon Zero Dawn, that weren't supposed to be ridiculously attractive in the first place. They have made their features larger and more masculine and mannish. Yeah. So maybe... We no went over this last time. No offense to this girl. Maybe she was just the reference model they used for that process. Who knows? But also there's some other aspects of this that are a bit weird. Uh, apparently Mary Jane is now more powerful than Spider-Man. Uh, much able... Well, much more able to take out enemies because okay, why she, she has gun. She, no, no. She's got stun gun. Not only has she got stun gun, she was able to judo kick an armed mercenary down to his knee. But it, Mary Jane has always been the hero and Spider-Man has always been the damsel in distress. What are you talking about? Which is okay, another change for some reason. And um, people quickly find out why this might be the case, which is uh, they went and checked out her own website and there's uh, her bio. And her bio reads, as a queer and hard of hearing person, oh God, I am looking forward to I'm, learning... I'm deaf and gay. <laughs> You introduce yourself to everyone like that? So really, you get on the fucking bus stop and you're like, I'm a queer deaf person. Hello, I'm gay. Please speak up. <laughs> anyway, she says, I am looking forward to learning about the world around me while still telling stories true to my personal experiences. And there it is. There it is. The stories can't be about a character that you've created that has their own experiences. It has to be about your experiences as an individual, because you're the only thing that matters and the world revolves around you. I aim to write impactful stories with representation that audience could see themselves in. Who doesn't want to see themselves in their favorite games? No, you just want to see you. You just want to see you in your game. Inclusivity is incredibly important to me if you hadn't noticed Smiley Face, she writes later on. And I love how it's literally the Stone Toss meme. It's like I was about. To, I, I was thinking this exact same thing. Women sit there and be like, "Oh, it's me," because she's got the same skin tone and is a woman. Whereas men just see see Goku. Men. Yeah, no problem. As much as uh, as much as I hate to admit it, when I was watching Dragon Ball back in the day, I recognized that I wasn't actually an alien, a super a super powerful space god alien that could use anger to tap into strength that could destroy worlds. But god damn it, I still connected with him. But she, uh, she continues, as you can see. Some people being, you know, she said she was going to write stories where she could see herself. And uh, there's some guy talking about the fact that he's now helping some deaf girl spray paint poems about anti-racism. <laughs> I just want to play as Venom. Leave me alone. <laughs> she well, well, let's, let's, let's read that as well. Beautiful poem. We BIPOC artists are birds of a feather to find the next clue all band together. That's I'm, shit. I, yeah, it's bad. Also, what a, I'm, st I'm still 
grossed out whenever I hear the word BIPOC. Again, they're not humans. They're BIPOCs. It's a, it's just yeah, it's it's a horribly unnatural sounding word as well. It just doesn't come out of it doesn't roll off the tongue elegantly. BIPOC. But in case you're wondering, because um some people might, for some reason in the Muslim version of the game that's been released in the Middle East, um all of this is removed. Oh my god, where can I find a copy? <laughs> well, fly to Saudi Arabia. All right, um, started. Tourist visas I don't think are that hard to get. Well you could go to Kuwait, that's a bit cheaper actually. Well, tourist visas are free there. Sounds decision. great to me. We just turn up and we can buy our game of Spider-Man and go home. And I don't have to interact with a single woman while I'm there either? Well, we will have to learn how to read and speak Noodle, which is a whole other caveat. But hey, yeah, you won't it's have to speak a woman either. It's so, worth it. But if, you're, if you're really desperate to play Spider-Man 2 <laughs> unpaused. But I always love this argument, which comes from, you know, none of this matters. You'll get this increasingly, as we mentioned before, like the previously anti-SGW types have now just given up by the way. And they'll come along and say, well, actually, none of this really matters even if the game is good. And it's like, okay. And if you care about it, you're no better than the SJWs were back in the day. Such a nonsense argument. Because, of course, I still enjoy good game, but that doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly start accepting that the random SJW nonsense has been put into it. And neither will the Middle East. And neither will the game company, obviously. Because why else would they remove it from the Middle East? And um, this isn't the only aspect of the story. V has been doing some work. They've been going deeper into oh the news. They've found the real news, which uh, I actually have to give them credit for. This is pretty impressive. Uh, and a local Anon has discovered that this organization called Sweet Baby here, they claim they are responsible for collaborating with all those clients, as you can see there. They've got Xbox Game Studio, EA, Valve, 2K, Ubisoft. You know, small places in the gaming industry, nothing big. Announced projects include God of War Ragnarok, which as much as people from EFAP hate to admit it, actually was very woke. Synthetic Man, who's a YouTuber, has a really good review on it that they tried to tear apart and say, oh, he's disgusting. But no, you put black people in Viking mythology. No, that's just... That's Why did political. you do that? That's political. Alan Wake 2, which was a game I was actually but really looking We don't have time to get into a review of every single was, game. Was, was, no, no, I'm just saying I was really looking forward to it and all I've heard is that they've just added a black woman in who just okay. uh, who insults white people the whole way through. But we can go look at Sweet Beta themselves who say, we do cultural consultation, sensitivity and inclusivity reading, risk and opportunity assessment and more. They also go on to say all the other inclusivity stuff they do. I do love someone responded here with being like, ESG approved, they've got pedo symbolism, works in every major game company, and is a leaf, because they're Canadian. Oh, they've even got <laughs> Valve as well. Yeah, I went off this ride, which uh, not untrue. And you can see it going forwards in all of their other writings, as I just mentioned, which is they say, our mission is to tell better, more empathetic stories, whilst diversifying and enriching the video games industry. They literally created, as this person correctly says, to make your games woke and gay. Better, more empathetic means hates white people, more gay. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to say what specific impacts they've had, but they certainly seem to be claiming them, so I'll take them with their word. And it's not the only thing I had to mention. I don't know if you've seen this, but um, I don't know what's going on here. You'll, you might have to explain this for me, but you've got, I think, is this meant to be Peter Parker, and then there's Miles, which is the black Spider-Man that they've inserted because black guy? Miles Morales was created, I think, in the early late 2000s, early 2010s, basically just so that they could have a black Spider-Man. And for some reason, they've decided to um, do that with his costume. And uh, I love, as this guy mentions, Jacksepticeye's response. What is that? That's <laughs> That's a hideous suit. It's time for a Miles Morales original, you know? 
one of them. <laughs> Look at his face. Looks <laughs> good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> also, your hair is sticking out. What happened, man? Harry got the meteorite. It's a really uh, horrible suit. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, that's really funny because Jacksepticeye is one of those who you know can't really say much against it because of uh, his circles he runs in. But when you're looking at this, he's cut off the top of the Spider-Man mask so his, his hair will pop out so you know he's the black guy. Yeah, Jacksepticeye, you can, okay. you can run in those circles and you can know that you're not allowed to say things that you probably want to say, but your gut reaction is very visible there. It's hard to tell in this uh, image here, but he's also wearing sneakers for some reason. They decided to make very visible sneakers on him because also, do you know he's a black guy? He <laughs> <laughs> he's a walking stereotype. <laughs> but I love it, a bunch of white Canadian people sat around and were like, what are their blacks like, huh? Well, they have uh, that hair. They so have the, they have they have that <laughs> nappy hair, don't they? <laughs> and they like they and they wear them sneakers, don't they? They like their Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> it literally is the meme. Okay, well that's that's what you want to do, and uh, and there we are. This is what I mean by just the insane stuff that seems to be coming out of Spider Man. Regardless if it's a good game or not, I just can't help but laugh. And we'll end this off with uh, another green text, which I did notice. So I'm mentioning there's no skirts or cleavage in this game on any of the NPCs. That's a change that's happened. But there are women in burkas who can't be handshaken <laughs> because of their religion. <laughs> oh, wow. That's because women don't exist. Sexist. <laughs> anyway, we'll end this off with the last thing here, which is also these people are just seemingly very ignorant. Um, for some reason, they decided to add a, a, the Puerto Rican character and give him a Cuban flag in his house. And then realized that's a Cuban flag, not a Puerto Rican one. Which is so, so, so sweet baby, I assume are behind a lot of this, as well as I imagine the developers as well are more than happy to go along with it because they're all woke as well. But no one involved in this whole operation, being American or Canadian or wherever they're from, can tell what's the Cuban flag and what's. They can't Google this. This is like confusing the flag of Gibraltar with Portugal. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, but you are actually a moron. Can you, can you imagine that? Because of the way, because of the look of this flag, can you imagine they update and go, all right, guys, we fixed it. We fixed it this time. It's a Palestinian flag instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might as well, I suppose. But anyway, that's Spooderman, which, um, again, I, I'm not really in that scene. I'm not really a Spider-Man fan, but I can't help but notice some really funny screenshots when the, they, they turn up in my timeline. So there we are. We'll move to the video comments, I suppose. God damn it, guys, I missed the Zoom call again, and I was at the perfect time because here I was at SimCityCon ready to show off. You know what I'm thinking? Maybe I should add Swindon to my list. I would not recommend it for selling your books, I'll be honest. I don't, there's no money here. If That's... you're going to sell your books anywhere, nearby to Swindon is Sirencester, which is a lovely town and people who live there actually have money. Yeah. Don't avoid Swindon. She's just telling you where to take the books. That's all. Yeah. Anyway, go to the next one. Obviously, I have to pull a daily wire with this year's Halloween costume. And for those who live in Denmark, November 5th, I am going to have a performance in Cafe Original in Silkeborg. You can go to their Facebook page, Cafe Original. And I'll tell some folk news story that are Halloween themed and so on. And if you poke me on the shoulder and tell me that you know me from the Lotus Eaters, I'll give you a cup of free coffee. Please come. Oh, there we are. There you go. For uh, Danish viewers, there's freebies now. Hey, always good to see you.
And um, I don't know if you could pull off the other aerial. That would be funny. But I want to do the next one. Personally, I would say democracy is merely the illusion of freedom. So regardless of whoever you vote for, you still get a snake who is ultimately out to rob you of your free will. Yeah, pretty much. The way that it works at the moment, it's just factional infighting. You... I do wonder how much we're cursed, though, because we're living under British democracy. Which doesn't really change. No, but I wonder if you're Swiss or Australia, maybe, maybe you're not so blackpilled because it more works or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional. But... I, don't, I don't know. I know that in Switzerland it does work very differently where they have councils, where the councils vote particular things in, but I've heard as well that they've had a decent level of, of um, immigration and, and problems as well. Although I can't say for certain because I'm not that up to date on what goes on in Switzerland. Okay, let's move to the next one. The How to Survive the Decline speech Carl and Connor made at the University of Exeter made me sad but also appreciate what I have. So I have some good news. I'm working on a how to build guide for my mechs. It's just going to take a little bit because I'm a perfectionist and want to provide the best product. I could sell them pre-assembled, but that which is earned is valued more than that which is received freely. And it's coincidentally less work for me. All right, let me ask. Looking forward to it. You want to buy the sex robots? You, you know where to look. No, he said explicitly on the screen, no robo waifus <laughs> yet, so you don't get excited, Callum. Yeah, go next one. There's an annoying issue I've seen where people treat the grooming gangs and BLM activists like they're some sort of underprivileged uh, underdog of society, when they're actually quite privileged because they're a client group, which can be understood through the lens of the American masterpiece that is Roadhouse. In this film, a local billionaire employs an army of goons to oppress the townspeople. Now, these men aren't particularly wealthy, but they clearly have more privilege than the middle-class business owners. This is the same situation with the left-wing activists, who occupy the same role in real life. I think this is a good framing to use for client groups like BLM and Antifa, which is they are just the big villain's henchmen from, from films. They're the Joker's endless, endless army of henchmen that he can get from nowhere for some reason. Uh, next one. Hello. I wanted to give uh, credit to Callum for being correct on two distinct points last week. The first is that people, regardless of the generation in which they were born, do not actively educate themselves about history. It's not just a Zoomer thing. It's an everybody thing. I spend a lot of time around normies at my part-time job, and most of them are content to just live their lives ignorant of anything outside of their personal bubble, and their knowledge set tends to be restricted to whatever they learned in school. The other point Callum is right on is that no grown adult should be relying on a podcast to tell them the date. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Which is why Callum is excused for never knowing what date it is. Just, it's... um. Do you rely on podcasts? You obviously, actually, you don't rely on an outside podcast to know what the date is, or you would know what the date is. I don't know what the date is anyway. Look, look me in the <laughs> eye. Don't, don't look at your computer. What's the date today? Uh, Monday. That's not a date. That's a day. That's a, that's not a date. Is a it Monday? I gotta go to work. That's it, it, it. Is Monday? But what date does this Monday fall on? It speaks to his uh, first point much more accurately as well, which is people like me don't need to know something that's beyond our purview. Why would I need to know the dates? Not in my repertoire. Well, because particular events happen on particular dates. Yeah, like your work. birthday, for instance. 
I've actually I have turned up to work sometimes when we're not in. I remember this happened in the Did early you days. You actually? Yeah, I remember one day I went. Uh, I got home. Do I just do I just have to think sometimes when I'm? It's, it's the weekend and I'm just laying in bed having a lie in and just think to myself, I wonder if Callum went to work today by accident. Not quite that bad, but I, I went home, went to bed, and it was um like I think it was in the summer back when we first started coming, and uh, I got up and it must have only. Well, I got up and I looked outside and it was sunny. I looked at my phone and it said nine. So I panicked, got showered, dressed, ran all the way to work, got to work. And then was like, it's a bit dark for 9 a.m., isn't it? 9 p.m. I felt like a moron. I know, I know you're dyslexic, but you might have other learning disabilities on top of that. I hate to break this to you. No, but sincerely, if you uh, need me to tell you the day to get to work, then um, you've got bigger problems I, than... I, I will just me. be worried now on, su- on Sundays... I'll be sat having a cup of coffee in the middle of the day or something. Just imagining that you're sat at your desk in the office. Chatting away, being like, where is everyone? Yeah, go, oh, <laughs> everyone's really late today. It's kind of weird. Yeah. All right, but um, no, he's, he's totally right on the ignorant thing. I, I still haven't found it. I need to dig it out. There's, uh, as I mentioned, there's a YouTube channel, this lady, and she finds a bunch of quotes from a guy who went out and interviewed normies in the 1800s in London. And he's jotted down all of their opinions on like the Crimean War or where France is. And they don't even know. They think France is miles away or Sudan is right next door or something. And it's, it's a testament. Him at the time writing it was like, look how retarded the general public is. And she's found this and gone, look how silly people were in the 1800s. And you just look at her and think, no, love. Go outside. Do the same survey. People are more retarded. Well, probably. It depends or on the just question, as. obviously. I think it's the, the level of ignorance depends on the time you're living in. So, for example, that survey done of Americans where they thought half the population of America was black. And it's just like... Checks out to me if you watch TV. The, the point being... Well, these, these people will be receiving their understanding of the world through the television shows that they watch. Even if they go outside and everyone they know is white, they'll just assume, well, the TV says that about 50% are black, so I just must have a very small sample size to go off of. But, but trying to educate normies really is that meme of like the, the guys in the sack that you're carrying up the hill. The eternal struggle to, to tell them that maybe 50% of the population aren't transgender. It's a Sisyphean struggle. True. I'm thinking more, you know when that guy from Spongebob is trying to, trying to tell Patrick that this is his wallet? It's probably like that. Yeah, it is. Oh, right, but thank you. We'll move on. So, Sophie Love-Peterson says... Can we just talk about 17 years ago? Denmark released the Muhammad drawings and they threatened violence over it. We didn't stop importing... Oh, we didn't stop importing Muslims. The Charlie Hebdo drawings happened and people died and we didn't stop importing Muslims. Manchester Arena bombing, we didn't stop importing. Beheadings, rape, church bombings. We'd... uh, Not only did we not export people, we didn't stop importing Muslims. And we are still importing Muslims. Our countries are retarded. It's an (laughs) occupation. It is an occupation. Foreign powers are occupying parts of our countries, and we will pay for the privilege. Uh, we are actually retarded nations. Yes. On the rape gangs and such, did you see that? Uh, what was his face? Tom Holland, the historian, people unearthed a tweet of his from, back from 2015, where he said that as horrifying as it is to consider, those who were concealing what was going on with the rape gangs were actually doing it for a noble cause. Nice endorsement of rape. Commit Canadian healthcare, please. But sincerely, it's um, there's been some turn, thanks to the Israel-Palestine thing in the British elite, noticing, hang on a minute, maybe Muslims aren't the same as Christians. Maybe there's a difference. I mean, this is true, but it, it really frustrates me that the only reason that they 
have allowed themselves to notice that is because not because it's affecting you know themselves. Well, it's affecting themselves and it's affecting of a, 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 a protected population as part of the stack that they put above most other protected populations. The English population is right at the bottom of it. They don't care about that. Your, your daughters can be raped for all they care, and they don't not won't do anything about it. But it's uh, it's I don't know. Um, I do wonder sometimes with this conversation in the office. I mean, does Western Europe kind of deserve its fate if it's not really able to even do the most basic thing of maybe we're not the same? Maybe that's why we have different words for each other. I mean, I wouldn't say Western Europe as a whole. Our leaders deserve to be removed from their positions. But they deserve to live in London, so that would be a ripe punishment. But people like yourself and I, the people who've been victims of the crimes perpetrated, absolutely don't deserve it. Yeah, sure. Agreed. Omar Wad says, uh, the biggest protests are populated by people with nothing better to do. Many such cases. On the other hand, so many woke protesters are artificial. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a single gay or Jew in that crowd. At best, some useful idiots might join in solidarity. Well, we had them featured. Mm. Uh, queer Jews for Palestine. Um, Andrew Narok says, eh, not feeling the Gen C apathy towards the foreign conflicts, as you are illustrating. Thanks to mass migration, these foreign conflicts do have domestic results. And clearly, one side is more amicable to the West than the other. Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong. But my solution to that isn't to pick a side. It's to remove the problem, which is, okay, we used to be a country that didn't have to deal with endless foreign conflicts. I would quite like to go back to that. I think that was probably good. That would be nice. So, Justin B says, The first Lotus Eaters live event I was at last time, I entered the confines of London. I haven't wanted to go back there in years, but even since then, a little desire has gone to die. It is a shame because everyone seems to want to run events in London, and it is so far for me, I'm not sure about my safety either, so I don't want to go. Completely understandable. And Kevin Fox says, Another reason the Swedish plan won't work in the UK once the Muslim party gets on the election sheet, there'll be enough votes for them to gain seats in government to block any attempt of Swedish-style legislation. I don't believe that's true, Kevin. So the last time I looked at the data, the Muslim vote can swing a constituency number of about 30 seats, but they can't win a single constituency as of yet. I think there's probably a couple they probably can now, given the change in the census data. Hmm. So unless they are suddenly going to get 350 seats, I don't think so. I think there is still time to save the country. Zen Chan says, this guy, kill the Jews if they show up in our country. Tommy Robinson, I think pedophiles should be arrested in accordance with the law. Which one of these will be held up as a menace to society? That's the point I'm getting at. Yep. Uh, that's the place we live. Alexander Drake says, I am once again returning to my call for deportation pro-Israel protesters to Israel and pro-Palestinian protests to Palestine. Your feud has nothing to do with the US, Canada, uh, UK, Germany, France, etc. That's a, I think, fair solution. Yeah, it's perfectly fine to me. If you're so invested in these foreign countries that aren't here, go right. there and don't be here. Because that works with everything as well. I remember when there were Iranians and Afghans fighting in the streets of London over something. Literally, who cares? Go to Iran. Go to Afghanistan. Problem solved. I think that is... <laughs> The crime is protesting for event in foreign country, immediate deportation to that <laughs> the, country. There you the go. Punishment. Well, if you love it so much, there you go. Glory to Ukraine. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. Oh, that's a, that would be a brilliant way of getting a free holiday. Just go on a protest and be like, Japan, Japan. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But is, Japan. Is, is there anything going on in Japan? I don't know. I just really like Japan. <laughs>
and I'm willing to protest for them. Tenerife, Tenerife. <laughs> Shagalu. <laughs> Kevin Fox says, if the Muslims strike, how will the Home Office asylum deportations ever clear the backlog? There's a goddamn reason why Britain accepts 70% of claims, whilst other countries accept 20%. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Stephen Smith says, I'm glad they founded the Party of Islam. It makes it easier for normies to see how their values differ rather than being hidden by the Labour Party. Yeah, that's good news. Thomas Thompson, uh, Matt Thompson says, we could easily implement a policy of soft repatriation by simply not funding the housing for people who come here and contribute nothing. Yeah, this is, this is true. This is one of many solutions that have been given that wouldn't require any kind of boots on the ground, harsh action, just cut off the welfare that they come here for, stop housing them, stop paying for them to be here, and start to regulate their businesses the same as you regulate all of the other businesses in a more fair manner. An equal application of the law. It's not, it's not that hard of an ask. Amazing. Nobody saw that one coming. Let's move to the Jimmy New stuff. Yes. Cayman Clare says, removing Fox's show and replacing with Boris Johnson is like having a lovely roast dinner and replacing it with Spam. Are we really going to insult Spam by comparing it to Boris Johnson? Spam is crap. It is crap, but it's not actively betrayed me in the same way that Boris Johnson has. You know what I don't get? You no, know, I buy Spam and I get what I'm asking for. I, I get Spam. I, you vote for Boris Johnson and you get Labour. Did I tell you I made Spam sushi once? Why? Because I got duped. You know how you keep seeing like um, spam Europe, Ugh. spam Japan. Ooh. Like, no. Okay. Well, there's occasionally like some, you know, it's cooking. Did you do this on a day that you came into work that you weren't supposed to? <laughs> no, I, I did that. Do you just have ditzy days? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Goofy, sullen, silly goose days. Anyway, but I saw one of those videos where they're like, oh, you know, Japanese meal, and they use spam in it, and it kept happening. And then I saw spam sushi, and I was like, I could make that. So I made it awful, just yeah. bloody awful. You were there going, I am a cook now. Yeah. I am no longer a cook. <laughs> uh, Null Null says, I sincerely hope that GB will regret hiring Boris because no one will show up and lie about things on a GB news show. He obviously wants to be Piers Morgan as that will get him invited to more parties where he can meet his next wife because given his past record, he is due for a new one. This is true. I guess we'll see what happens. Richard Monikendam. If GB wanted to be taken seriously, it would have stuck two fingers up to Ofcom and carried on. Uh, it's difficult to do that. When they're the active regulator for the government, then you do have legal and financial penalties if you don't follow what they're saying. But this seems to have been something that they were more than happy to do anyway, and they were just looking for the right opportunity to do so. They kowtowed and, took, uh, and looked like a weak, pissy, watered-down lager passed off as a special brew. You're really grasping at straws where all you have is losers, nobodies, and establishment toadies on. All they have to, uh, they have just put on a traitor, Boris Johnson. Yes. Furious Dan. Is Father Calvin the next black face of white supremacy? Always has been. George Hap. As if removing Calvin and Lawrence Fox wasn't enough of a reason to completely ignore GB News, they are now inviting weff puppet Boris to mock us from on high. What's next? Hiring Piers Morgan? I mean... Do they have enough screens and chirons for Piers Morgan's beautiful name? Do they have enough space in the studio to fit Piers Morgan's enormous ego? Yes, we'll find out. I kind of want to start a Piers Morgan campaign. Like, we should go print off 100 sheets on the office printer. But just say Piers Morgan. Yeah, the Piers Morgan show starring Piers Morgan at piersmorgan.com or something. Crap like that. Like, and plaster them across Swindon. Yeah. I, and then get some... Uh, 
There's something I saw in Russia. Is this a start Piers Morgan campaign? Question mark. Profit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. There's something I saw in Russia. I don't know. I haven't seen it here, which is you get some lights on the top of your store and uh, it, it flashes the light on the ground and, and the light is the logo for the store. So you know when you're looking at your phone, you'll see the light in front of you as you're walking. So then you see the storefronts, even though you don't look at the stores. So you're looking down. Piers Morgan. What? Yeah. I just want to get some of them. I just start like flashing Piers Morgan sporadically at random big events in Britain, like the next, uh, I don't know, Queen event or King event. So I was at, as I've mentioned, I was at Fallout Boy in Manchester last night. Piers Morgan show. While, yeah, while they're playing on stage, the screens start flashing. Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan. <laughs> subliminal messaging. Yeah, like with, I don't know. I think uh, Tommy's coming back. It looks like he's going to refound the EDL. So we should just go to the event with Piers Morgan signs. Just wearing Piers Morgan masks. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I don't know where I'm going with this. Honestly, it really is just the question mark profit thing, but... Sounds like fun. Why I, not? I want him to acknowledge how ridiculous he is. That's the, that's the profit. He never will. He never will. Brian Tomlinson, another GB News possibility is that the Telegraph's owners buy it, especially as Boris is now there. Matt Thompson, Boris, by doubling down on all the things that are currently ruining the country, uh, running the country into the ground, our best days are yet to come. That is the Tory line, generally. JC, Sweden making learning Swedish a requirement is just offering the migrants a second chance. But will they learn Swedish? It's a really easy language to learn. But if they don't, probably won't. Well, then get the boot. There you go. MC, I still question when it became racist to want people to speak the primary language of a country they live in. That's a standard I would hold myself to. If I moved to another country, I'd be ashamed to not be able to communicate and therefore be an inconvenience. Yes, I feel the same way. Kevin Fox on the left, weighing in at a staggering 850 pounds, most of it hair and gout inflammation, we have Boris and Stanley Johnson. And on the further left, weighing in at three carrots and a Hamas diploma for shilling, we have Jeremy and Piers Corbyn. Let's get ready to crumble, society. Sounds sounds like a Truco meme. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Funnily, you need to mock that one up for us. Right, Spodemon. On Spodemon? Spodemon. Spodemon. We don't have much time, so I'll make it a, a nice short one if I can find one. Uh, Derek Power says, I can't wait for the latest PS5 game. Uh, Narcissus. And on that note, it's time to end the show. So if you'd uh, like more from us, you can go over to lotuses.com. If you'd like more Spoderman, go get the PS1 game. I'm sure there's an emulator. Or, or get a PlayStation 2, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, and the ultimate Spider-Man game, which is severely underrated. Well, there we are. Otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you and goodbye.